0: Welcome to ABC Gotham, your New York City history podcast. I am your host, Kathleen. Hi, and this is Kate. Thank you for listening
1: to ABC Gotham, New York's amateur history podcast in alphabetical order. And Mm -hmm. today, Kathleen, what is our episode?
0: We are all the way up to letter T. You all have been very patient about waiting for this very important topic. Today we are going to tell you everything you wanted to know about Tammany Hall, but were afraid to ask.
1: And possibly a few things you really just didn't want to know.
0: Mm hmm, mm hmm. But it's okay, because there's no more Tammany Hall anymore.
1: There isn't. Uh, thank you for being so patient on this one. We took a bit of a hiatus over the break due to illness mm-hmm. and, of course, the holidays.
0: Mm-hmm, but now we're mm-hmm.
1: back, and we're going to definitely plow through the rest of all the letters and then get a reboot.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we hope you've enjoyed the alphabet so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now Tammany is a topic that we have hinted about and danced around and mentioned uh, in so many other episodes, and it's so, so huge and so fundamental to New York City history. And yeah, it comes up a lot. Time, it really does. It's in at least. At least a quarter of our episodes, I think it comes up. And uh, it's super important to know. It's very important for any scholar, amateur or otherwise, of New York City history. So today is the day that you're going to hear all about it. Now, Tammany is freaking old. How old is Tammany, Kate?
1: Well, it actually starts in Philadelphia in 70- around 1772. Uh, mm. It starts as either... A lot of things. Either the Society of Tammany Hall, the Sons of St. Tammany, the Columbian Order. I think Uh there's a couple more that I'm just forgetting right now. But it really doesn't come to New York and get founded until 1786, and then it gets incorporated in 1789 as the Tammany Society.
0: 1789. So that was a long time ago, and for those of you interested in world history, that was around the time of the French Revolution. And those of you interested in... Uh, hmm. Academic history? That was the year of the founding of Georgetown University, 1789. So, this was initially supposed to be a club for pure Americans, and in true pure American form, they adopted a lot of names, words, and, I guess, quasi-practices of Native Americans.
1: Right. I'm not too sure. They they start to call the buildings that they operate out of wigwams, right, Kathleen? Wigwams, yeah. And I don't really think when if you go on our Facebook page and if you're actually on our website on Podbean, you'll see kind of this gilded hall that they operated out of. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen a picture of a wigwam that looked like that.
0: Yeah. But yeah. we're just gonna go with it. That's that's just what they called it. The the name itself Theoretically, comes from Tamanend, a Native American leader of Lenape Indians, which is in the a New York State area Indian tribe at the time. And, of course, ugh, you're not going to hear this again through the show because I hate the word, but the leaders in Tammany were called the Grand Sachem. Sachem? Sachem? S-A-C-H-E-M.
1: Yeah. I think we're going to probably stick with... Calling them bosses, which or especially leaders, when it yeah. becomes or leaders, um, especially when we get to Tweed, everyone's favorite. Uh, mm. We probably just call them Boss Tweed because boss Tweed, right? this This terminology kind of fades after a while. I'm sure within the society they still use this term, but I don't know if I can get through this podcast saying calling, you know, using this sachem,
0: these, that. That satum.
1: Yeah. So, and I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it so
0: and it just feels a little racist to me so i'm, it, I'm happy to yes uh, and let and that if word die right now
1: yeah and if you've listened to our podcast then you do know that we've covered the lenape a bit um i actually mm-hmm. think maybe they deserve possibly their own podcast Possibly, uh, they i think i think it would be good you know we, mm-hmm. we talked about it a bit in the oyster episode and mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. others so i think we could definitely broaden our knowledge that doesn't even
0: sound good (laughs) (laughs) in a sense it's the least we can do for this tribe
1: exactly exactly and there's Mm -hmm. always we should know more about the real beginnings of settlement in this area
0: exactly exactly but that is not what we are talking about today we are talking about the real beginnings of tammany hall and initially it was just this club for pure americans But by 1798, they were becoming political, politicized. And this started with Aaron Burr, who, his, his, he was considered, this, this is what it's called, he was a high-ranking Democrat-Republican. Huh? That was the political party he was, was in at the time.
1: Democrat-Republican?
0: He was a Democrat-Republican.
1: Maybe it was before the term, like, independent, so... Exactly.
0: So you had your Democrat-Republicans, like Aaron Burr, and the other political party was Alexander Hamilton's Federalists. Uh, Alexander Hamilton had Society of the Cincinnati, and Aaron Burr was like, here's how I will have a society that I will develop into a political machine. So...
1: Yeah, just a just a spoiler guys. Those two are not friends.
0: No, yeah, in case you couldn't tell. These two major leaders of the two major political parties at the uh at the early 1800s. Yeah, not buddies. It it really, doesn't
1: it doesn't end well. It does not
0: end well. These these are not two guys who can just leave it at the office. But more about that later. Um, Aaron Burr used Tammany for the election of eighteen hundred and he was elected vice president. This, of course, is back when vice president was elected separately than the president. There wasn't a ticket to vote for. Without Tammany, historians believe that John Adams might have won this, been elected vice president and and won that re-election. So right off the bat, Tammany was kicking ass and taking names. They they bumped Burr into the vice presidency. Which is rather impressive, um, and then it was shortly after this. It's two years later, eighteen o two. Tammany Hall started a feud with DeWitt Clinton. DeWitt Clinton is kind of huge, maybe even deserving of his own episode. He's huge in New York City history, huge in New York State history, and uh, and pretty significant in uh, national history as well. DeWitt Clinton accused. Aaron Burr, of being a traitor to the Democrat, Democratic-Republican Party. And now <laughs> Tammany's is party. hating on DeWitt Clinton because he dissed their boy, Burr. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not going to end well, I'm telling you. No, it will not end well. Um, 1803, Clinton becomes mayor of the city, and now as mayor... Clinton's not an idiot, so he enforces this whole system of graft and spoils, and he's appointing family and friends all over the the, gov- the, the city government. As you do. Just what, what Tammany aspires to be, if you think about it that way.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we, if you look at this, like, the very early beginning, the beginnings of Tammany, mm. it's all Aaron, Bar- Aaron Burr's fault. <laughs>
0: it's all Aaron Burr's fault.
1: Yeah, he's the one that turns Tammany into this like political machine. Before mm. they're just like, we're just gonna sit back here, us old white men, and Us
0: pure Americans, discuss
1: being pure Americans, and not mm-hmm. really. Uh, who knows? They might have turned to politics, but I just kind of see them as like the Masons or something, or the. Er, I mean, even the
0: Masons are pretty powerful. Like a like a little proto Masons for, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. It could have just been a little. It could have been a blip. It could have been a non-entity. But Aaron Burr turned it into a tank. To Thank ride you, Aaron Burr. To power. Yeah. Um. So after Tammany Hall realizes they they have a big problem with Dewitt Clinton, they don't have anything close to the influence that Dewitt Clinton has. Um. That's you know a problem for Tammany Hall. Uh, here. The big surprise ending that you were all waiting for in a somewhat unrelated situation. Burr's support among New York City residents fades after he shoots and kills Alexander Hamilton in a duel. Oh, man.
1: You Um. know, if Tammany doesn't leave him, they totally are just, they stick
0: by their man every time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They kind of wish they hadn't (laughs) allied themselves with him, but they're not going to back off now. Um, Clinton, DeWitt Clinton, no idiot, sees that, uh, that this whole duel with, uh, a now-dead Alexander Hamilton was not good for Tammany, and he tries to, uh, tries to gather up the people who have tried to distance themselves from Burr while still being Tammany, aye, aye, aye. But there's enough people who stick by Burr, want to get him back in power, and uh it's it's a mess it's a mess clinton tries to get who he can people stick with tammany people stick with burr either way you know if someone's with tammany they are not friends with Dewitt clinton so this is when tammany's really in a situation where they need to increase their influence they have to try to displace DeWitt Clinton on some level and they do this with the prison ship martyr bones so we discussed this briefly before what does Tammany do with them Kate
1: Uh Well, this is their, hey, we're very patriotic, and you should really Mm -hmm. like us. They Mm -hmm. take all the bones, 11,500 prisoners' bones, Mm -hmm. and they are actually the ones that build the special crypt in 1808 to Mm -hmm. inter the bones. So Mm -hmm. this is another link back to a previous podcast. This podcast, if this is your first, it's really Mm going to be a lot of links to other... At other episodes that we've done so mm-hmm. you can always go back and get or if you've listened to them listen to this podcast you can go back and refresh your memory but yeah they are the ones that build the crypt I think it takes about a thousand dollars
0: mm-hmm and mm-hmm.
1: they're the ones that pony up
0: mm-hmm and this and is all kind of this money happens and suddenly people are like huh Tammany, money. Tammany.
1: this is uh gonna be Tammany's pattern, you'll see they have these really, they have these amazing high highs and then they mm. have these, they just fall so far mm-hmm. and then they unt- to a point, they're able to pick themselves back up again and they'll have mm-hmm. even higher highs so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. kind of something to watch as you uh, or listen for uh, during mm-hmm. this podcast.
0: Right. So after they raise this money and they and they have all these this set up this crypt for the bones, then, suddenly it becomes clear that these Tammany bosses have taken tons of money. Tons mm-hmm. of it.
1: Right. And that's kind of their MO. Mm-hmm. They, they'll, They really get legit for a while, usually on a downswing, but then mm-hmm. as soon as they start to go up again, money starts disappearing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Payoffs... You know, as soon as people
0: it, stop looking and watching and scrutinizing exactly, the books. Exactly. People start getting rich fast.
1: But they realize that they need to expand their base, and mm-hmm, it's right around mm-hmm. this time in eighteen oh nine that, luckily, luckily, uh, coincides with you know thousands of immigrants coming in from Ireland from the potato mm-hmm. famine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the group of pure Americans suddenly needs to uh, widen their focus.
1: Right. So they're just like, you know what? We'll take anybody. And take them. Mm-hmm. they become a specifically Democratic Party machine
0: at this point, mm-hmm. just completely and they controlling. they do everything they can to get immigrant support, which, honestly, you're an impoverished immigrant you just arrived in the country. It's not impossible to get their support. It's actually quite easy.
1: Right. Yeah. In exchange for votes, Tammany Hall does a, they essentially kind of run a a really basic public welfare system. Mhm. And in I mean and there they, wasn't a welfare is, system
0: at the time. So this there's was There's not. It. No. Mm-hmm. So
1: you have this is kind of the good part of Tammany Hall. In an emergency they can provide you food, coal mm-hmm. for your stove for heat. Uh, money for your rent. Uh, it, they can help you get a job. You know, when you first get here, you have no, you, you don't have anything. They also can get you out of jail. You know, if you're stuck in the drunk tank, call Damney mm-hmm. Hall. They'll they'll come get you out. They also help. They're a social integrator as well. They help yeah. immigrants become naturalized citizens. And we're going to get into it in just a few minutes, I promise. But this is where, like, uh, Boss Tweed, everyone's, fam- everyone's favorite, mm-hmm. starts these naturalization committees, which is a, li- a little sketchy. Uh, Tammany politicians and employees essentially are just hired to fill out paperwork for immigrants. They mm-hmm. also will provide be-witnesses. They'll give you a loan for the application, I'm sure, with incredible interest because Tammany is just always out to
0: make money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also you really judges don't have an option. You're not gonna navigate all this paperwork yourself. Even today it's almost it's extremely it's, difficult.
1: It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh judges and officials are also bribed to kind of go along with this and turn a blind eye.
0: Mm hmm. But you gotta uh, bear in mind that that DeWitt Clinton is governor of New York until he dies in eighteen twenty eight. So the entire first quarter of nineteenth century, this you know, Tammany is not as super powerful as they will become. DeWitt Clinton is not their friend. He is on them. But it is during this time that they are starting to build that base. And they're doing that by helping out the immigrants. They, you know, Irish immigrants all speak English with a with a heavy accent, but you know, they don't have to worry about that. So as soon as they're off the boat, Tammany is on them. And helps them. They don't. They they were very helpful to them but uh
1: and i think they see them as like price. tens of thousands of voters coming in mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. they and Absolutely. so they buy the vote with mm-hmm. whatever and they are still making i keep when i was researching this i kept thinking if they're providing food if they're doing all these services if they're mm-hmm. bribing judges like how are they how are they operating at a profit and it's because they're bribing every they're making everyone, everyone Give them money, like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's
1: it's this really complex system that's just really incredible. So yeah, of course they're able to shell out a few bucks to help the immigrants who, mm-hmm, is, which mm-hmm. is how they're buying the votes to get these people into well paid positions, and then they that's have the to take money you've back to Once you got the Tammany. votes, you
0: you technically can't buy a vote. Once you've got your candidates in charge, they're going to direct the money where it needs to go. Exactly. Uh, in the 1820s, we're, we're going a little head in, in, we're, we're working
1: our way up to Bostweed. Mm-hmm. In the 1820s, mm-hmm. uh, Tammany actually supports Andrew Jackson. hmm mm-hmm. In turn for their, in, in return for their endorsement. And because he got elected, you know, he probably won New York State because of, Tammany Hall,
0: uh-huh.
1: he actually gives Tammany Hall several federal jobs, like uh, positions that are held forever. Uh-huh. When Tammany Hall loses these, is really the death knell for Tammany Hall.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're
1: incredibly powerful that they've got these places in Washington.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm There is a great story uh, when we talk about what Tammany was able to do for immigrants and poor people. Um, You know, these people live in extreme poverty. They have very little government assistance. And like Kate says, they could give you food or money, maybe even a job. They were an intermediary. And like, not only did they, you know, help you with paperwork and, and provide witnesses and lend money for fees and bribe judges and all that But they were their allies, their advocates. And there's this great uh, anecdote. I hope it's true, because I wish it's true. Uh, An example of their involvement in the lives of citizens here. In the course of one day, Tammany figure, George Washington Plunkett, that's the guy's name, George Washington Plunkett, assisted the victims of a house fire, secured the release of six drunks by speaking on their behalf to a judge, public drunkenness, I guess. Uh, He paid the rent Of a poor family to prevent their eviction, he also gave them money for food. He secured employment for four individuals, attended the funerals of two of his constituents, one was Italian, one was Jewish, attended a bar mitzvah, and attended the wedding of a Jewish couple from his ward. This guy was everywhere.
1: And that's the guy you're going to vote for, is the guy you see, the guy who helps you out.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's that's the guy you're going to name your baby after, for God's sake. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they... They know their people. They know what their people need, and they know how to help their people. And, you know, this guy helped a lot of people in one day. If that's a representative day, they certainly did a lot.
1: And that's just one guy from Tammany Hall. So yeah. this is really, like I said, this is really the part of Tammany that you're like, yeah, no, these guys are great. I would totally vote for him. Really? Mm-hmm. if. I mean, I vote for her anyways, but if Letitia Jane showed up at my door and paid my rent, I would never stop voting for her.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but I, I, I vote your, for her anyways. And name your baby's after her. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, right. So
0: tell us about Boss Tweed, Kate. Ooh, well,
1: let me give you a little bit of his background. So, okay. So... We'll probably do a podcast just on him at some point mm-hmm. because this is just a really quick overview so you can get an idea of him and his reign as kind mm-hmm. of King of New York for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But all right, so he he starts off so the beginning of his career kind of, he, mm-hmm. my favorite story is that he kind of is, he's a volunteer firefighter first, first off. Hmm. His, like, first job uh, is a volunteer firefighter. Which, volunteer firefighters at the time are not what you think of volunteer firefighters now. Hmm. Volunteer firefighters are essentially gangs. And they're rivals. Hmm. They get, they're known for getting into riots and fights Mm-hmm. Our buddy here, William Tweed, mm-hmm. William M. Tweed, is especially known for his axe welding during these fights. Wow. Great. Y- you could have two different companies show mm-hmm. up at one fire and uh. there's there is stories of rather the the house burning down because they're fighting outside on who's gonna be in charge of or who gets putting out the fire. It. Which I kind of found hysterical in a really sad way, but I'm a little terrified of Boss Tweed now. Now that I know, now that I know he's known for his axe welding abilities, he's it's incredibly, incredibly violent. Wow! So this is William Meager Tweed. His middle name is not Marcy, as some people um, have put it down. I've seen William Marcy tweet, but it's meager tweet. Meager. Yes. Uh, okay. it's. They say, I mean, you see, I've seen William Marcy tweet a lot, and I think it's, be- they say it's because they were, he was in a political cartoon mm. with a quote from William Marcy, the former governor of New York, and so they think that's when the. Like, mix up
0: happens? Yeah, yeah. I'm not
1: sure. So, I'm just pretty much gonna call him Boss Tweed from now on.
0: Just, yeah, play it Uh,
1: he also gets uh, elected as alderman after mm-hmm. he decides to be a fireman. And <laughs> after he, I guess, leaves, it's too violent, I don't know. He <laughs> wants more power. Uh, his, you'll see his rise to success and power is very fast. A year mm-hmm. later in 1852, he runs for and wins a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, not, just for two years, but not even the state. No, he goes for U.S., It's and he wins. And uh-huh. he does it because actually people had heard about, he starts off kind of as the alderman, because okay. uh, the people in Tammany actually had heard about him as a firefighter with his axe welding thing,
0: and they were like, yes, that's the guy. Wow. That's the guy we want. Start grooming this violent guy.
1: I guess so. So he only does it for two years. He doesn't... I think the national stage is a bit too much for him.
0: Mm -hmm. He
1: he does extremely well on the local level, like having his seat of power local and then just kind of branching out in all directions from there. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. going straight to the U.S. uh, House of Representatives maybe was just too big of a jump. He or just j-
0: wasn't his interest. I could, I could honestly see him being more into just the local stuff, and
1: yeah, he can yeah. have more power this way. That's
0: it. Mm-hmm. Smaller pond. There are
1: too many checks and balances at that national level.
0: That's true as well. Yeah.
1: So when he, he comes back to New York, and then he gets appointed, not elected, at the time the New York, so the New York Board of Supervisors. Mm-hmm. Was Half of it was appointed by the mayor, and half Mm -hmm. of it was elected. So he Hmm. actually gets appointed to this board. Mm -hmm. And this is the first major graft he pulls off. Hmm. He starts forcing vendors to pay 15% uh, to do business with the city. Like 15%... Like a tax on like this is how much it's going to cost, but this is the if fee- you want to do business with us, you have to pay fifteen percent of that
0: to directly me. into his pocket.
1: It's, yes, and so the other corrupt members of the board, and he would split these fees.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and this is when so he starts running the seventh ward for Tammany in <sighs> eighteen Mm-hmm. And and this is also a great thing about. Mr. Tweed, he's not trained as a lawyer at all. Never went huh. to law school, but he opens an office, a law office, and is certified by a friend who's a judge as a lawyer. Oh my god! And this is another way that money keeps ro- starts rolling in. It's a way to uh, funnel the money. It's a way to clean the money. It just starts going through the law office. You know,
0: he'll and you can file like, paperwork. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. You go right ahead. That's fine.
1: Yeah, you can file paperwork at Boss Tweed's office, and it's going to cost you a lot, but it will get done. It'll get done fast.
0: And somehow it's even cheaper than a, another lawyer's office. Isn't that hmm. interesting? We're going to the cheap Because it's not though. really legal. <laughs> so, in
1: by 1863, he's actually already in charge of Tammany. He has a ton of money coming in mm-hmm. really there are shady deals everywhere he becomes one of the largest land landowners hmm. in New York City like mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. buying tons of property i guess as a way to kind of clean the money wow wow and just a few short years later so that's 1863 and 1869 he's running the city <sighs> And his buddy is the, is the mayor, and then he's got another, oh, his, sorry, he's got his, the mayor is part of Tammany, the mayor is his friend,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: governor is a former mayor, so he's really got influences everywhere.
0: Oh my god.
1: Essentially, it reminded, this is what I was saying about Robert Moses, it reminded him he is, he's, he's not the one in charge, he's not the mayor or the governor, mm-hmm. but, He's all but that. He's running everything from the sideline. Everybody does what Boss Tweed says.
0: Yeah, and just like Moses, Tweed had a bunch of different positions, and these were all appointed. None of this is elected. No one's voting for Tweed. Of course not. He's there, and in these positions, yes, just like you said, he has access to the funds, to the contractors, he's in charge of the public works programs, and uh, he and his friends got very rich off of this. Right. He actually
1: appoints himself <laughs> deputy street commissioner, which mm. gives him access to the city contractor's money. Uh, mm. So it's another like, oh, well, I'll make sure you get this job if you give me a certain amount of money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, my m- As a letterpress printer, uh, huh? I loved that he bought the New York Printing Company, which is the city's official printer at the time, huh? manufacturing stationer's company as well, which is the city's stationery supplier. And then he what? starts way overcharging the city on everything it has printed.
0: Because what are they going to do?
1: Because what are they going to do, find somebody else? No. What mm-hmm. are you going to go to Boss
0: and say, we're not using your company? Yeah, we found a better deal. No. Not right, because
1: the people who sign off on these bloated prices are people who are getting kickbacks anyway so Mm -hmm. they're making money on the fact that the city is paying too much for these
0: services Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the thing is people weren't stupid you know the the other people running the city who don't happen to be part of tammany or the, the rich people the high society people this is not a big secret from them but they're not directly profiting what they did like was his ability to control the immigrant population which they were not too fond of let's just say they were afraid of them they were afraid of all the poor immigrants in the city these immigrants love boss tweed (laughs) give boss tweed whatever he needs keep them happy
1: Right, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's far more immigrants. If there's far more of these people than you, mm-hmm. and what they say trumps what you want, you know, mm-hmm. you just want to kind of keep it in check. And it's it seems really like in
0: your interests to have that guy on your side. Yeah,
1: it kind of seems like this pot that's about to boil over constantly—the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. tension in the city. So. We just talked about his ability to control the population, but what got him out of office and what lost him everything was actually his his inability his to control inability.
0: them. Mm-hmm. This myth that they told themselves, it turned out he could not control the immigrants. Exactly. No, not at all. Not at all. Because I think also at this
1: time, Tammany is doing a little less of that public outreach we had talked about before. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, you know, we don't have these huge scores of people coming in. There still are. I mean, there's a lot of immigrants coming in, Mm -hmm. but it's not to the same extent. And if you've already got these people in your pocket, like, why continue to spend money on them, I think, is there. How hard do
0: you need to work to maintain that?
1: Yeah, you're going to put in the minimum. They don't try very hard. So Mm -hmm. uh, a riot, which we just did a an episode on riots this is mm-hmm. a riot we didn't talk about because it's so big i think it kind of needs its own thing it's mm-hmm. the orange riots orange they riots. happen in two different years there's a small one in 1870 and mm-hmm. a which uh, eight people die in and a kind of that's kind of the precursor to the big one a year later in Mm -hmm. 1871 where 60 people died Mm. and it's a a really violent conflict between um, irish protestants who were also known as orange men men.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: irish catholics and it is it is not pretty and it goes on really it's kind of ridiculous and after the first one, people are a little unnerved. But mm-hmm. when it happens again a year later, people realize that Bostweed has no control over yeah. the city yeah. anymore. And and why do we even have him get rid of him? Exactly. So this is when people start really... So he's costing everyone a
0: lot of money. I mean, he's not, he yeah. didn't provide the service of controlling the immigrants. He's right, fired. exactly.
1: And so people start to turn away from him and doing things that I think in the height of his power, they would not have dreamt of doing, mm-hmm. such as, like, telling the press about some of his misdoings. sure, sure. Right. The press is all, a few papers are already campaigning to have him ousted, this is when you see some of these famous political cartoons, which were mm-hmm. posted on Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They They're really working hard, but then people start coming to them and saying, oh, well, I know about this, and... I know about this.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: actually arrested and tried eighteen seventy two and convicted. I believe and yeah. he actually died in prison at Die the Ludlow Street Jail. hmm mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the end of Tweed, but one fun note that I will say about Tweed is that he had a, almost a ten karat diamond like tie pin. Mm-hmm. Like, not really, I mean, he wore, it wasn't like a tie like you think of how men wear ties now, but just this, it, almost just like a brooch that he like would tack it. on the front of his shirt. Wow. And I found that to be the most opulent, mm-hmm. l- really? You're supposed to be helping these, you know, largely impoverished masses, and you're walking around with a 10-carat
0: diamond, like, Ten pinned carat. to you? Wow. You gotta love a man who can rock a diamond that big. Wow. And why not, honestly? Because what are they going to do? Yeah,
1: I, I... he's He seems like a very scary man. We'll, mm. we'll post some pictures. I actually really hunted for a picture of him with this large diamond, but I only yeah. found caricatures of it. Sure. But, I mean, there are lots of reports. I actually read old New York Times articles that talked about him wearing this...
0: That's so funny.
1: Crazy, crazy diamond.
0: Oh, my God. So, Kathleen... We are now post Tweed. Nah, post Tweed. You know, and in one part you might think, well, that's it for Tammany. E. Not nah, really.
1: No, that's uh, the the thing I talked about before, where they go really high in mm-hmm. terms of the scope of their power. And, I mean, I just br- really lightly went over Tweed, but really he controlled everything. Tammany had their fingers in every pie. They ran every office. Mm-hmm. That was kind of, this was, you know, the height of their power, and now they're falling again, which but they will pick themselves back part up of again. The reason,
0: yeah, part of the reason... That he was able to do what he did for so long is he was not the only one getting rich. He was not a dictator. So, even after he's gone and everyone talks about corruption and people clutch their pearls and they've got a scapegoat now and someone to blame and reforms all over the place, yeah, sure, fix this horrible, horrible mess. And nothing much is going to change because too many people are getting rich. Too many people are perfectly happy the way it is. So, What they've done, what they'll do, then, is put uh, someone else in charge. This is former county sheriff, Honest John Kelly. His name is actually Honest John. So you know that's a guy you can totally trust. Like Honest John, the used car salesman. And Honest John, the cult leader. Hey, relax. Trust him. So Honest John is selected as the new leader, and he clears the ta- clears Hamney of tweed's people he tightens up the the main boss's control over the hierarchy and he does revitalize things he changes things he doesn't change everything he doesn't fix everything there's still bribery and graft and kickbacks but he makes it's kind some of swept under candidates. the rug for a while though exactly exactly and then they were able to get some of their candidates in they even um You know, unseated existing incumbent uh, candidates and Democrats generally win their races in the elections in 1874 and deliver control of the city right back to Tammany Hall. So then Tammany undergoes a couple of changes. Tammany does a lot of their recruiting and a lot of their work. In the saloons, through the saloons. A lot of the high-ups in Tammany are also saloon leaders. There's that anecdote that if you want to clear out the Tammany Executive Committee meeting, all you have to do is open the door and yell, Your saloon's on fire! And everyone runs out, too. Nice, nice. To save their saloon. Um, There's another leader in Tammany, Richard Croker, and he sees what the united labor party is doing how they're organizing things how they're running things and this is sort of tammany's number one competitor for a while at least the united labor party versus the the democrats tammany has everything going in saloons and so the united labor party takes a different approach and they recruit people and you know rally support With neighborhood meetings and street corner rallies and campaign clubs and trade regions, Um, they have they set up little organizations within different districts. They they are out they're not in the saloons basically. So Tammany leaders see this and they're like, oh hey, there's an idea. And this leader Richard Croker takes a look at that and starts making starts creating literally like clubhouses. Instead of saloons. He has family excursions. He has picnics. And this brings in women. This brings in children. This is the new Tammany for the family man. It's respectable. And it's it's not saloon keepers. It's not gangs. It's these clubhouses. And every district has a clubhouse. And this is a great way to get everyone, everyone involved. You just join the club. You volunteer a couple hours to support it. But then... You've got the whole family. And you've got, you know, the, the teetotalers, if there were any of them at the time. Things like that. Um, so things I are mean, looking good for Tammany. Things are getting better.
1: Yeah, they're doing pretty good. By the mm-hmm. way, if, if you're wondering where... We talked a bit about the saloons. If you're wondering where where's Tammany's home base, they, they really... To go back to the saloons, they really start out in a tavern mm-hmm. on Chatham Street. Uh, on Park Row, which is down in the financial district. So they really, their base of operations all the way back, you know, back in the 18th century was essentially in a saloon, in a tavern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is back when they were the pure American (laughs) all-boys club. Mm -hmm. But at this point, Tammany Hall, which is what the Tammany Society is also named after, the hall itself... Was in Manhattan at 141 East 14th Street, which is between 3rd and 4th. I think right now that's a Raymore and
0: Flanagan's.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's not the same building. They were there uh, from about 1830 until 1927 when the building was sold to Con Ed. Mm. And this actually, it was a big building. They only kept one room for itself. And then the rest of the building was rented out to different entertainment acts. And they had two, I think, two large stage areas where they mm-hmm. Tammany could use it itself for rallies or if they had any events. But the smaller one apparently was where Vaudeville was born, hmm. which I thought what? was a, a nice little side note. Wow. Yeah, so they're kind of this... I. I I, I found it so weird that Tammany is, like, this one room in this large complex. Apparently, you could pay 50 cents and come mm-hmm. in and see any act you want. You could see nice. all the acts. There's yeah. a bar in the basement. There's a cafe for the ladies. Uh-huh. Uh They really... It was, a, like, on a one-stop shop. You could just mm-hmm. go to anywhere you want in the building. And I saw, like, Tammany as this, like, darkness in the middle of all this, like, light and frivolity. Sure, sure. Around them. <laughs> uh... We're going to keep going where we're going, but I'll just let you know, their last base of operations, so after they sell that to Con Ed, they build, in ni- by 1921, they're, 1929, they're in a new building, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of, if you live in New York, you may know this building. It's at the corner of 17th and Union Square East, mm-hmm. and in the 1960s, it was turned over, to at the end of Tammany's reign, mm-hmm. it was turned over to the New York Film Academy and the Union Square Theater. Interesting. I know where that is. Yes. So I feel like they're kind of always a little involved in the arts, even mm-hmm. if not on purpose. So mm-hmm. let's go back to um, Richard Croker. hmm mm-hmm. So, so yes. they they run a mayor when Richard Croker's in charge. He's our new our new boss. Mm-hmm. He gets Hugh Grant, which is the first irish american to be elected as mayor mm-hmm. which of course then he's tammany's puppet we're totally yeah. going back to where we were before
0: no changes
1: and grant gives Croker free run of all the city's contracts mm-hmm. so really tammany's just right back to where they were just yeah taking all this money it's it's amazing so, this kind of just continues going. So, Richard Croker steps down at some point. You have the next Tammany Hall big shot, uh the lovely Frank Gilroy. Mm-hmm. Who, essentially, because of these contracts that Tammany Hall has... Mm-hmm. They have 1,200 city workers available to them whenever they need it. Whatever thing they need, the city, you know, they've got all these workers that they don't pay for because the city pays for it, Mm -hmm. doing at their every beck and call. Sounds just like Robert Moses. Yeah. Right. So, this is my favorite graft, probably, of all time, if you can have a favorite graft. Yeah. Uh, Gilroy starts a one stop shop. Instead of. So businesses and utilities used to bribe individual offices. Sure. And instead of having to, you know, Kathleen, it's such a hassle to have to go to all the places that you bribe. Uh,
0: It really is.
1: It's so hard. Instead of that, why don't you just go to Tammany, give Mm -hmm. them your money, and Mm -hmm. they'll make sure the money goes where it needs to go. Yeah.
0: Wow. So that's what happens. Thanks, Tammany. Tammany.
1: Tammany passes out your bribes, and I'm sure they take, like, a cut for doing it. Of course. I, that was my, I
0: just, I couldn't, I couldn't put my head around it. It's impressive, you know, it's, it's people It's impressive with because business mind.
1: It's impressive that somebody's like, hey, what if we did this? Do you think anybody would notice? Do you think anybody would <laughs> care? And they're like, I just imagine them in a bar being like, okay, okay, guys, I've got an idea.
0: <laughs>
1: We're going to dole out bribes for other people. Occasionally, there are uh, people band together to bring down Tammany, but they always—they uh, Tammany's always able to pick itself back up again. Like mm-hmm. there'll be a minor scandal, and then Tammany kind of covers it up and makes it go away. Mm-hmm. Oh, we fixed that now. Yeah, right. When they're really powerful, it's easy for them to do this. Mm-hmm. When when you kick them really far down, then it takes a bit longer. Yes. So at some point. The Council of Good Government Clubs. Mm-hmm. So this is think of your top wealthy men in the city at the time. Essentially, your top Republicans in the mm-hmm. city at the time. You're talking J.P. Morgan, Cornelius mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. Abraham Hewitt, amongst others. Big guys. Um, they're supporting their own man, William Strong, for election in the in the election for mayor in 1894 mm-hmm. against Tammany Hall's Nathan Strauss, mm-hmm. who is the owner. Sure. You may know of Macy's and Abraham and Strauss. Now, um, so these guys get together and they're like, we cannot, we can't do this Tammany Hall thing anymore. It's just, it's not working for us. We're
0: rich. We shouldn't have to.
1: Why don't we, yeah, we've got more money than they do. You know, combined our money is more than Tammany. So why don't we just try to run our own man? Mm -hmm. So they go to Nathan Strauss and they're like, look. You're going to be ostracized if you run for mayor against our man. If you in society, in society, yeah. if you run your against your wife, won't get invited to the parties, right? If your children won't go to our schools, you know, it, mm. y- you will have you'll yeah sure you'll have Tammany, but you
0: will just be you'll be out, you'll be out. So, and of course, he said, "Take take that away. I don't care about society. It's meaningless." And he stuck on with his noble goal. Right, Kate?
1: No, not at all. He was like, all right. No, not even He's close. He's like, peace, i no. out. So, <laughs> they, Tammany pulls together and they're like, all right, what do we got? Who do we got? Let's pull um. out Hugh Grant again, who <laughs> actually had to leave office due to some really big scandals.
0: Yeah, he didn't go so well. But maybe he'll go again. Maybe it'll be better this People time. People are going to forget. You know, people's memories uh-huh. are
1: short. no. The people are done. The people are done. (laughs) So the Republicans are actually able to take the mayor and the governor's offices. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Tammany's influence really kind of, really dies down. This is, you know... So Tammany's still around. They're just not quite what they were anymore. And we're getting into the 20th century. Mm -hmm. At some point, Tammany really starts to you know, build its way back up again, starts to kick people around as they do. And always trying. Yep. And then I love the way they slap Tammany Hall back down again is um, FDR is in office. And he goes to Tammany mm-hmm. Hall and says, you know what? You know all these federal positions, patronage that you've got? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. You're done. That's coming back. Again. So yeah, he he kind of strips them of all their, of anything going on in Washington Mm-hmm. And this, of course, brings us to 1933, when Da-da-da. our favorite mayor, Fiorella yep. LaGuardia, comes to office. He mm-hmm.
0: and the buck does finally, finally.
1: He really stuff. like kicks butts and takes names.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He
1: essentially. He, so the city council, which until now this is what I talked about before, where there's twelve members. Six are appointed by the mayor, and six are mm-hmm. elected. Now, if your mayor is run by you, if you put the mayor in office, the mayor is going to put who you want in there. And then mm-hmm. if you essentially run, own the elects, the elections in the city, you, you mm-hmm. own the city council, and therefore you can do anything you want in the city. So it's easy mm-hmm. for it to be very corrupt. So once LaGuardia gets in office, he has something passed... That says city council. It's now, it's all elected. It's all the people. The mayor has nothing to do with this. So problem it's problem solved. Problem solved. So even LaGuardia is even like, you know, even if I'm not here, mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. this is done. This is done. Mm-hmm. And of course, because LaGuardia is in office, he actually gets his own people into long-term positions. He kicks out Tammany, puts his mm-hmm. own people in. And so Tammany really, they don't, They're kind of like, Oh, what do we have? What do we do now? You know, Mm -hmm, they, they've mm -hmm. lost all their positions. Um, you've also got our buddy, Robert Moses, which I recommend going back to our two part on Robert Moses. Mm -hmm. He starts taking as a one man starts taking up all these positions that and creating whole new ones that Tammany once held. So Mm -hmm. the power that Tammany had is spread out all over the place. And kind of given
0: to Robert Moses at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which is a whole other separate problem. But right now, we're just going to talk about Tammany and getting that out of the way.
1: Right. So Tammany is entirely dependent on government contracts, jobs, patronage, the corruption, plus the ability of its leaders to swing Mm -hmm. the popular vote for its power. And Mm -hmm. it just, it has none of those anymore. It's lost... One by one. That's
0: all been taken away.
1: Yep. Right. It's lost the... You know, the people, the people don't trust them anymore, considering Mm -hmm. how many times has Tammany Hall been shown for its corruption. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. it's lost all of its contracts. It's lost all of its jobs. The last Mm -hmm. element is they don't even, you know, once the WPA and the CCC stop, Mm -hmm. those jobs stop, which Tammany did have quite a few. Once those, Mm -hmm. and they they use that for power because they would give these jobs to people People. Um people. Once, once that's gone,
0: th- you know, Tammany's kind of, kind of left with
1: nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
0: imagine if they tried to run a candidate today. That no candidate would come close. No candidate would even touch that. They'd be like, "You're Tammany. Yeah, no, don't endorse me." For the love of God!
1: No, no, they're they're thankfully they're gone. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're just corrupt all the way through. One of the last bosses, uh, in 1939, last bosses. I'm considering the last maybe five or six. Uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. Hines was actually convicted convicted of bribery in mm-hmm. 1939. He served eight years. Oh. Tammy hangs on for bribery. a little bit through the 1950s. And I think mm-hmm. the only reason they're able to is that they have close, close ties to the Mafia and the Luciano <laughs> crime family.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Which I think Lucy, Lucy, Lucky, sorry, Lucky, Lucky. Luciano, maybe we need to delve into him because we mentioned him a couple times. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, came up with LaGuardia, and, and here he is again, yeah, yeah, um, major figure.
1: So one of these last bosses um, was Carmine DeSapio's, And his right man-man, of course, is um, Frank Costello, who Hmm. was handpicked by Lucky Luciano to run the Luciano crime family after he was gone. Uh So uh, this guy who's the head of a very powerful mafia family is essentially running Tammany Hall. (laughs) And kind of once this all comes out, the people are, are really done. The people are... Mm-hmm. Are just we're sick of this. They're they're like we're we're sick of this. Uh, the people turn against him. The committee for Democratic voters oust him. Actually, oh so there's no head. They're sick of playing dumb. They can't. They can't. No anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is the de- this the problem is this is the Democratic Party in New York City at the time. So if you want to vote Democrat, mm-hmm. you vote Tammany. Yeah. But when this committee kicks him out as head of Tammany, there's no leader anymore of mm-hmm. of Tammany, and then they just really they kind of just fade away and that's 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 kind of the end of Tammany Hall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get enough people convicted. It just breaks the spine, yeah.
1: Well thank you for tuning in to our uh, history of Tammany Hall. We hope you've learned a little bit about corruption in New York. Obviously, this is mm-hmm. we can't end here, but
0: well, we can't end. Isn't here. it great to live in a city that is totally free of corruption now? Totally, completely. It's so nice. There's no graft. None. To have complete and utter faith in your leaders. Oh, there's nothing like it. <laughs> See, that's the sweet
1: smell of freedom. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, we hope you did learn something you did not known before. We hope we, we were a little bit enlightening into that nightmarish mess that is Tammany Hall. Right, there's
1: a lot more to go into, so hopefully when we cover Boss Tweed, we'll go into a little more of the inner workings of when he was in power. He mm-hmm. really, it's, it's just really amazing, the scope of what he was able to get away with. But we hope you, we gave you a little hint of kind of how New York ran through, at least its Democratic Party ran through the years and go back and re listen to some of the podcasts where we, you can kind of piece together this great puzzle when you, mm-hmm. I think, when you listen to some of the back um, episodes that we mentioned, uh, Tammany Holland. Whenever we didn't want to. comes up,
0: it's going to tie it in. Yeah.
1: Right. We didn't want to have to repeat a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely, I guess, catch up on your history and we'll yeah, see great. you next time.
0: Be sure to check out Facebook for additional images of Tammany Hall and the spectacular personalities that were associated with it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep looking for that 10-carat picture of 10-carat diamond of Boss Tweed. Yeah, I want to
0: see that. That should be in the museum of the city of New York. I'm going to find out what happened to it. I'm going to find out. Yeah, we'll do some investigating. We'll find out for you, our loyal listeners. Yes. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, tune in next time for Letter U letter U we'll talk to you next time folks bye bye for more ABC Gotham go to our website abcgotham.podbean.com special thanks to podcasting's Brock the music for ABC Gotham is by Big Rude Jake ABC Gotham is a K2 production copyright 2012 all rights reserved A favorite song I wish you could be here with me On this night in New York City I wish you could be here with me On this night in New York City So I think it was uh Democrat Republicans versus Federalists was the were wigs. the two major parties.
1: Right? Whigs
0: and or Whigs. Um yeah. One or the other. Uh hey babe. Democrat Republicans, what was the other major political party? The Whigs. The Whigs. Yes. Kate nailed it. Well, which is it? The Federalists or the Whigs? Uh seventeen ninety eight. Federalists, anti Federalists? Right, the but Okay. Federalists Anyway. Whigs to come along later? Kate, you were half right. Good to know. Whigs are coming along later. I'll cut that out, don't worry. <laughs> All right.